Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch The Going Live Show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom, and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like, that was me. Well, sadly, this past Last Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase. It. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which was another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Lutes. Files. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel 
sweet spark of connection If you don't screw up this moment somehow Maybe you won't die alone Don't be too needy or bring up your ex Don't say the words her peace and Don't ever mention you've never had sex Trust me, I promise she knows And now her defenses are starting to fall Smile and return her affection If you don't manage to What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke, soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude, dude? That's yes, it's me, the broke soul center, Zach Scott. Genuinely speaking, I'm not that broke. Many, I'll have happy to say. Oh, here we go. And so quick, many. Have you seen Clem anywhere recently? The family at the bowl and I'm very fucking concerned right now. No, I have not seen Clem anywhere at all. And although I have a feeling I'm going to be hearing his name a lot in the future. Yeah. All right. Do you think? Yes. And by the way, I'll, I'll since this is already public knowledge, I'll break the fourth wall on this one. As you guys know, uh, the fourth season of Dark Side of the Ring has been announced. So May 30th is when it starts. And they've mentioned as topics for this season, they've only mentioned a few. And the ones they've mentioned are Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch, uh, Magnum TA, Abdullah the Butcher, and of course, Marty Jannetty. And before Zach and I turned on the recording and started doing this recap, we received a phone call from Gator and we had a brief uh, team meeting to go over the episodes and everything because as you guys know we do Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring on the Boochcast YouTube channel we have multiple episodes of Dark Side of the Ring and um, we watch research and get ready to review them now obviously because of our schedules and how our lives are um, obviously they're not going to be done live as they happen, but when we get an opportunity to watch the episodes, take the necessary notes that we need to take and be properly ready to sit down, all get together and put these episodes out, we will. So be on the lookout for Booch Cash Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring returning. And, um, of course, be on the lookout for the other Dark Sides coming soon. Um, I'm very close to getting some tech things fixed to finish out Dark Side of the 90s because I know um, we got the Rise of Russ Limbaugh, Y2K Paranoia Destroy, and the Morning Show Wars to get out to you guys. And then pretty soon I'm going to be collaborating with Lance for Dark Side of Football and getting together with some comedians for Dark Side of Comedy. So all that is coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. So I just wanted to make that clear to everybody before we officially start. And that being said, we will now officially start with NXT. 
Uh, what we got here is we came out with an in-ring segment with the NXT champion Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Hayes says his battle with Braun Breaker was about respect. He gave that to Breaker and he got caught slipping. It won't happen again. If Breaker thinks raising Hayes' hand after the match was some sort of passing of the torch moment, it wasn't. Breaker didn't pass him anything. He took it. Hayes is going to flex his championship privilege and give Breaker a spot in the Fatal 4-Way Contenders match later tonight because he wants to see if he can get his hands on Braun Breaker one more time so there's no excuses. Dragon Lee interrupts and says he came here to face the best. He's going to win the match tonight and Hayes will have to defend against him. Hayes tries to address Lee but JD McDonough interrupts. McDonough tells Hayes that ego is loud but confidence is quiet. When the bell rings, McDonough knows he's number one lee will find that out tonight hayes will figure that out at spring breaking grayson waller interrupts next and tells hayes he's in the match and a real superstar is going to take that title from him hayes says he's a whole lot of thems but only one him this right here there uh ladies and gentlemen was absolutely really really enjoyable I mean, Carmelo Hayes comes out and addresses the issue about Braun Breaker. He says, like, all right, Braun, you want to keep this going? Let's keep this going. Even up another one to the chef. We'll get to that later tonight. But then uh, he was saying much stuff, and uh, Drag League came out there, said what he wanted to say, and Vinny, can I say something about Dragon League real quick on a positive note? Sure, go ahead. I like him. I do. I mean, I just like his interest in the singing song, and he's okay in the ring. I just like his gimmick. It's pretty cool to me. But otherwise than that, then JD came out there, said what he wanted to say, and, like, no one really gives a fuck. Then the highlight of the whole thing was, was good, old-fashioned. Grayson Waller came out there and said a bunch of other stuff, insulted everybody, and I'm in there. There, yeah. Thanks, and uh, see what should we do without it. And then Carmel said what he had to say, and we'll see what happens tonight. Well, of course. Absolutely, we will see what happens tonight. And um, obviously, I did particularly um, love the fact that Carmelo dressed what happened and is ready to, you know, get his revenge on Braun Breaker. Of course, Dragon Lee, I, I, I get that Zach likes the gimmick, but I don't take him seriously as being an NXT champion. He's not even close to being ready. No, 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 no. no. I agree with you on that. I, I just like him. I love JD McDonough. I think JD, um, you know, obviously he's starting to build that. himself back up. And now, from what we've gathered, spring break-in is happening two weeks from today. This is not the premium live event, Battleground, which is taking place May 28th, ironically the same day as AEW Double or Nothing. So, this is not for that. Basically, the winner of this match is going to get a title shot in two weeks on free TV. And depending on who wins, I may or may not be upset with the fact that it's happening on free TV. Unless they're trying to build a rematch between Carmelo and Braun for Battleground. If that's what they're trying to build for, like, okay, we'll give Carmelo something on free TV to build to the rematch at the pay-per-view. Now, if the plan is not for Braun to challenge at the pay-per-view... If that's not the goal, if that's not the plan, then they might then he might as well have the match on free TV, get it over with, let Braun go to the main roster because they've basically talked about, you know, Triple H recently announced that there's going to be a WWE draft, which I'll be honest, I'm not the least bit fucking excited about because I don't like the fact there's a brand split to begin with. But the fact that he said every superstar is eligible 
it, you're you're assuming that applies to the NXT people, and maybe they're going to use that as a way to call up Braun Breaker to the main roster by either drafting him to Raw or drafting him to SmackDown. We'll see where he goes, but that could be a way to call him up. It could also be a way to call uh, anybody else up that you feel that they feel is ready to go up. To the big time. So time will tell. We'll see what happens there. But um, if you're if you're not planning a rematch of epic proportions between Braun and Carmelo, then you might as well get it over with at spring break and have him go to the roster. But and of course, Grayson Waller, um, always a pleasure to see him. And oh, of course it is. Obviously, you know, I, I'm a little mixed feelings about that because on the uh, you know because obviously it, if Grayson Waller is going to get a title shot, I'd rather it be on pay per view. And free TV, so oh, yeah, of course. that's why there's a part of me that would be happy if he won, but also at the same time not happy with the fact that it would be on free TV. But more on that later. Um, after that, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Fallon Henley and Kiana James, who argue about their match. Briggs walks in, is looking for Jensen. James says Jensen isn't here tonight because he doesn't want to be around Henley or Briggs. Um, this right here was like you can automatically tell to uh, Vinny and. Ladies and gentlemen, this tag team is not going to last much longer. It's not. They couldn't. They're, they're yelling at each other, screaming at each other, and everything else. I'm like, oh boy. I automatically know where this is going to go, but it was just there. I was like, okay. They can't stop getting, they can't get along. And then let me ask you something about a tag team. Are tag team partners, male or female, are they supposed to get along? Because if, if they don't, they always tend to do one thing. Fuck up. Here's the thing. Ideally, on paper, a tag team should get along. It makes tag team wrestling a lot easier. Being a cohesive unit, obviously, is what makes you win tag team matches. Now, obviously, there are some cases where we've seen people who don't necessarily get along become tag team champions. For example, at one point, Des and I had a conversation, and John Cena came up in the conversation, and we recently found out, while digging through the research, that every single time John Cena won a tag team title, it was always somebody he didn't get along with. Every tag team title reign, whether it was Shawn Michaels when they were feuding into WrestleMania, Batista when they were going at it back and forth, uh, The Miz, they were chance for a brief period of time before they dropped them back to the Nexus. Uh, Cena with David Otunga when he was in the Nexus. Like, literally every time John Cena has been a tag team champion, it has been with somebody he was not getting along with. And the title reigns didn't last very long. Then, of course, we had Sheamus and Cesaro, who, when they first got together, they were kind of not really getting along, but still kicking ass and taking names. And then eventually they became buddies. And then it was one of those things where uh, Sheamus was a heel and Cesaro was a tweener before he went full heel. And they became a badass cohesive unit. So, then, of course, if we want to go back to the Attitude Era, there was the Rock and Sock Connection. Uh, Rock and Mankind weren't exactly the best of friends, but got had great chemistry as tag team champions. Um, Stone Cold, with the exception of Triple H, pretty much didn't get along with any tag champion he had. So there, there are rarities where it happens, but ideally you want them to get along. And here's the thing. Brooks and Jensen are not that type of tag team. And Fallon Henley and Kiana James clearly are, but I honestly felt at this point, this bickering should fucking end. Like, I'm sick of it. Once Kiana James pretty much embraced being with them, the whole bar thing ended and, you know, all that shit. And eventually the four of them should have been a team at this point. There didn't need to be any more bickering. And here's why. Because nobody gives a fuck. Nope. This is a storyline that no one cares about this inner turmoil. 
no one cares. And here's another thing. Not only does no one care, this elevates no one. No one benefits from this storyline. The only benefit they're getting is TV time. That's it. This is not leading either one of them towards tag team gold. This is not making anybody more popular. This isn't getting anybody over. It's stupid. It's pointless. And we prove that when we get to our first official match of the evening for the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn defend the titles against Fallon Henley and Kiana James with Briggs. Fantastic opening match, man. Except for one problem. You know what that was? What was that? It was way too long. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, it's a two-hour show. It's a title match. It's got to go long. I understand that, but maybe just flip it to about this. I have to say, I was impressed with this match. It was actually a really good opening match. These four, I mean, Isla Dawn and um, Abba Fire, they get along in the ring, and the other two, not so much. But people go back and forth, and all of a sudden, just pull it up in the truck. Hey, Vinny, I think he's out there looking for Clint. Anyways, uh, we get a great, great, great other opening match right here. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Jason turn on and turn on everybody. Yep, yep. Vinny, go ahead. Well, um, he didn't find Clem, um, but I will say that this, I thought this was a very good match. I really did. The, these, the, the women in NXT do very, very well. You know, you very seldom see botches in NXT women's wrestling, which is why it's one of the few good women's divisions in wrestling. I'll put them up against anybody. Um, but obviously the whole Jensen arrives, making his way to ringside, um, you know, Fire picks up Henley. Henley countered with a Canadian Destroyer, which is great. Jensen rolls in the ring with James's purse. He tries to give it to Henley. He uses his weapon. Henley yells at him to get out of the ring, and Jensen does. Um, Briggs tries to talk to Jensen. Jensen pushes Briggs down, back in the ring. Dawn and Fire hit their finisher on Henley for the win. And here's what I want to say here. What the fuck is wrong with Jensen? Like, I don't get this gimmick. Is he supposed to be, is he alpha or is he beta? What the fuck? You're coming into the ring to bring in a weapon. Someone yells at you to get out of the ring, and you just get out of the ring. But then all of a sudden, you want to push your buddy and walk off? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, just hand the weapon. I would rather he slide the weapon into the ring and Henley either use it or discard it and then lose. And once again, this is... Fallon Henley trying to be a babyface and want to win the right way, and then once again, there's fuckery, and they retain. So now it looks like they're trying to break up the tag team of Briggs and Jensen, to which I reply, why? It's not going to work. It's not. This is not going to work. This is going to be a scenario where you're going to break up the tag teams, and, ha- and it's going to be fighting over the women, and one of two things is going to happen. Either Jensen and Kiana are going to become some big-ass power couple, or Kiana is going to end up taking advantage of Jensen, and Jensen's going to sit there like a dumbass beta bitch fuckboy whose girlfriend cheats on him. Basically, we're about to witness the white equivalent of Will Smith and Jada. That's what the fuck this is basically going to happen. The only difference is the only difference is they're white and don't make nearly that kind of money. That's it. Change, do some race swapping. Get rid of them. Get rid of the millions and millions of dollars that Will Smith has, and you pretty much got that here. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm not excited for it because Briggs and Jensen work well together as a tag team. Also, I say this all the time. One of the worst things you can do in WWE is break up credible tag teams. 
because we don't have a lot of tag teams in wrestling. In WWE, doesn't have a lot of tag teams. We know they don't have a lot of tag teams because the Usos proved that. When they were literally beating the same tag teams over and over and over and over again for 600 plus days. Until finally, you had to put Kevin and Sammy together to take the belts off of them and give us some variety. We don't have a lot of tag teams in WWE to make tag team wrestling watchable. There's not a lot. So to break up any tag team that's even remotely good is fucking stupid. Now, if the two random dumbasses thrown together that ain't cutting it, fine. Split them up. If you got one guy that can become a major single star... Then by all means, because obviously, you know, it becomes like the joke. Which one of them is Shawn Michaels? Which one of them is Marty Jannetty? That's why they made the joke, because when the Rockers split up, Shawn Michaels went on to become Shawn Michaels. The Shawn Michaels we all know today, the heartbreaker, the, the showstopper, the headliner, the heartbreak kid, the main event, the icon. And Marty Jannetty went looking for Clem, I guess. That's wherever the fuck he went. So here's the problem with Briggs and Jensen. There's no Shawn Michaels here. There's two Marty Jannettys. They will go into obscurity if they split. They cannot cut it singles-wise. They need to be a team. And on that note, we cut to... um, I believe we got Chase U. Where, uh... Mm-hmm. Yes, where uh, Duke Hudson gets his uh, MVP award. And, of course, you know, he's talking about... You know, he carried Chase U on his back and... You know, this is a victory for all of us under my leadership. And, you know, I let, you know, we all won together, but I led the charge and everybody did great. Then all of a sudden, Braun Breaker comes out and basically says that he wants nothing to do with the NXT title. It's a curse on his career. He's tired of trying to please all these scumbags in the crowd. And you're going to see a different side of me that you've never seen before. And he basically hands Duke Hudson his spot in the Fatal 4-Way and then spears Andre Chase. I understand with um, Duke Hudson and Andre Chase, which I was waiting for Duke Hudson to do something for you. I was like, he's going to do something. He's going to turn to him. He's going to hit him. He's going to show his, like, go absolutely crazy, like take that trophy hit or break it. But no, Brock Breaker comes in there. And I love that. I love the new Brock Breaker. How about you? I'm like, yes. I like that. I like it. Turn. And that's that's how you do it, AEW. Hmm. Anyways, yeah, I thought this was great right here. I was waiting for Duke Hudson to turn, but he didn't. And then poor Andre that gets speared. Duke Hudson ran, runs away like a little coward. But we'll get back to that later tonight. Vinny? I'll just say this. I loved mm-hmm. Braun Breaker's promo. Here's where, of course, the interest comes in. Because he's basically saying, mm-hmm. I don't want the NXT title. He said, it's a curse on my career. And, of course, some fans are interpreting this as Braun Breaker is shitting on the NXT championship or not making it special. Like, how is this a curse? But there's two ways to look at this. Number one, you know, he doesn't want he doesn't want to do all the bullshit about representing the brand. He wants to be all about himself. And also, you know, it gives him a reason to say, I want to move on to bigger and better things. Because, look, with all due respect to NXT... And with all due respect to the NXT Championship, Raw and SmackDown is the upgrade. It is. Whether it's, regardless of who's in creative, whether it's Triple H, whether it's Vince McMahon, Raw and SmackDown is going to put you in front of more people. Especially in this new age of NXT where they don't necessarily have the ratings that Raw and SmackDown do. You're going to be in front of a bigger audience. And 
to be on Raw or SmackDown truly will decide whether or not you belong in WWE. It does. It's it's where you go next. It's the promotion that you get. And plus, like I said, Braun Breaker, I'm a fan, but we all agreed he was getting stale as NXT champion. It, there's nowhere left. Once you become the NXT champion, there's nowhere left for you to go. You're just going to be a two-time or a three-time or a four-time NXT champion. And sure, that can be great for a period of time. But eventually, you're going to have to leave because the crowd is going to get tired of you. It's And here's the thing. That is the way it is in wrestling all the time. Since the territory days, it's been like that. You're in a territory for a period of time. Eventually, people get sick of seeing you. You've had a run. The run ends. What do you do? You go to another territory. And you wrestle there, you know? You spend some time in New York. Then you go to Portland. Then after Portland, you might go to Memphis. Then you go work the Florida circuit. Then you work the Carolinas. And then eventually you circle back to New York. And they're happy to see you because you ain't been there for a while. So Braun's at the point where he has to leave. He has to go to the main roster and show that he is the star that he can be. But he's got to do some things on the way out. And... That's why I feel like I got a feeling there is another match between him and Carmelo. And I strongly believe if Carmelo Hayes is still the NXT champion and they end up fighting at the pay-per-view, Melo's going to win again. And that's going to be Braun's way of riding off into the sunset, going to Raw and SmackDown and showing what he can do there. So I also love the fact that, so I I love the fact that Duke Hudson's getting the shot because I feel like Duke, I'd like to see him in that capacity and see what else he can do, bring to the table, because I feel like he's really coming into his own with this Chase U gimmick, and I'm glad he hasn't bailed on it, because it's gotten him over, and he's getting it over, and he took what most people thought was going to be a stupid gimmick and got it over. Then, of course, we cut to uh, Pretty Deadly going outside, I guess, to have a coffee break. <laughs> All of a sudden, they get jumped by the family, and, you know, Tony D doing what Italians do, and threw them in the trunk and took off. I wonder where they're going. They're probably going to take them to Clem. Anyways, I thought this was really, really good right here. I mean, you know, like, like, pretty deadly, uh, screwed uh, the uh, the family over, so this was a bit of a revenge. I was like, good for the family. I was like, oh, you know, sometimes we know they did that, but you can't confront the person up front. They have to do it from behind. But anyways, go ahead, Denny. It's a great segment. Um, always funny to see, um, you know, obviously the family with the beat down. Of course, the trunk thing is great. Because that's, that's, I love Italian. It's like that old joke, like, you know, you know, people tell me you're Italian, so they say, say something in Italian. So I say, get in the trunk. The great classic Italian joke. Very, very well done. And, you know, I guess, you know, the pretty deadly guy's going to see Clem. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen um, with this story. Although I look forward to seeing um, what happens next. Okay, well, before we fucking move on, can I, uh, give me this fucking microphone. First of all, who the fuck is Clem? What is this Clem shit? I don't know anybody named Clem. I got no problem with nobody named Clem. I didn't take in to see Clem. I took him somewhere where I could straighten him the fuck out. That's what I did, okay? I didn't know no fucking Clem around this fucking place. Well, seriously, I don't waste time with hillbillies. I ain't got time for that crap. All right, fucking. Nice to hear from you, too. Oh, I'm hey. just looking for Clem. Are you sure you haven't heard from Clem? I heard you did. All right, look, 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 look. 
First of all, I didn't see nothing. I don't know nothing. Don't subpoena me. I I ain't no shit about no fucking Clem. I ain't heard of no Clem. I know nothing about that shit. So, yeah, keep me the fuck away from whoever this Clem guy is, all right? I ain't deal. Okay. Kind of like Jimmy I, Hoffa? I'm sorry, what? Kind of like Jimmy Hoffa? The fuck? No. <laughs> Nobody knows where the fuck he is. For all we know, he's, sure? for all we know he's buried under fucking Giant Stadium. Some people say he was taken somewhere else. Apparently, according to the Irishman, he was fucking cremated. So apparently, you guys know something I don't. So if anybody should be questioned, it should be you. Because apparently, your people were the ones that got him whacked. Uh, I think it's you guys. Okay, do you not have a Netflix account? I do have a Netflix account. There was, was a movie. Really there was a it movie was called The Fucking Irishman. Going by Hollywood, it's not true. We had nothing to do with it. I don't believe it. You guys had something to do with it. So fuck it. Why the fuck would the, we didn't do shit? I I literally fucking told oh, you. Oh yeah, you guys a are fucking Irishman just did it. Like, mm -hmm. sure. They literally did it. The dude was fucking Irish. It was literally right there in the fucking movie. Did you it's not watch the movie. film? I'm not believing in the movie. Oh my god, this fucking, this fucking Christ with this guy. Alright, oh god, okay, my own, I'll fuck that. Anyway, look, I ain't got time to worry about some random fairy in a bowling alley. I got these two fairies right here I gotta fucking deal with, alright? That's where my focus is. And I'm sure people probably okay. wonder, where do we take them? I'll give you the answer. We took them to Nanya. And that's the short version of the town, because the town is actually called Nanya Fucking Business. All right, we get the point. Are you done? Yeah, I gotta go take a leak. My prostate's the size of a fucking melon. Okay, so on that note, we're gonna move on here to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. We got that. Javier Bernal versus Eddie Thorpe. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. What the problem was? What? It went too long. This was a match that went too long. Yeah. Hey, it was... Oh, well, like, the date... Well, I was like, 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 way too long. But you don't you don't want to watch Big Body Javi? No. You try to say Big Body Bulldogs and look what happened. Anyways, Vinny, you wanna take this one? Because I I mean, I like that Eddie guy. He he's impressive. He doesn't spot monkey stuff like that, but the match if he was supposed to be debut, I guess somebody like that motherfucker, he should have ended in two minutes or less than three. Just saying. I was like, okay, this was a fucking waste of goddamn time. Fucks. <laughs> yeah. Alright, go ahead. Well, hey, he did a butterfly net breaker for the win, Eddie Thorpe did. Um, I guess the match was fairly decent. I mean, not really, didn't really matter much. Not that big a deal. It was just, they're still trying to get big body Javi over. But again, this is another one of those scenarios where nobody gives a flying fuck. This is absolutely horrible. And on that note, we are going to move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Sol Ruka goes one-on-one -on -one against Tiffany Stratton. Actually, tell you the truth, man, this was actually a fucking solid-ass match, wasn't that? Oh God, it was solid. This was this was so good. I was like I was like I was like this this was a good match. It's, ladies and gentlemen, boys are gonna do do that. And then you can vouch for this right here. Is this Jeffrey Trump may play like a little princess bitch, but that girl can move in the fucking ring pretty damn well, can't she not? She's a good oh, yeah. worker. Not like her gimmick. And Sola Ruga, bless her heart. That is one athletic athletic female right there, Vinny. Am I right or am I wrong? Good God, she's built like a tank. And I mean that in a good way. Oh, but yeah. these two ladies went, to, uh, ladies went went to town each other. I really want to saw Ruka the one the way she was like um, wrestling, and she kept on favoring her uh, left arm or elbow, but 
Jeffy Shot hit the moonsault. One, two, three. Then he- this was a solid match. I loved it. These women were, it was hard hitting. Uh, Stratton is such a great heel. Such a great heel. And really, really dominated a good portion of this match, which a heel should. And then, of course, Ruka fired back. She comes, she gets, makes the comeback, does very, very well. Um, Stratton catches her, hits a running senton, and then hits a Stratton salt for the one, two, three. Tiffany gets the win as well as she should because no disrespect to Sol Ruka, but Tiffany is the one right now that needs the push because we need a strong heel uh, to go up against um, Indy Hartwell, the new NXT Women's Champion. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of, a lot of factors are going to be going in there, but at some point she's going to need a strong opponent, and I feel like Tiffany has all the tools to be successful, be a good women's champion. I feel like she's got... She's got the moves. She's got the heat. She knows she's got the mic work. Tiffany really has come into her own with this gimmick. She works it. She makes it her own. And she makes you believe in everything she says and does. You truly believe this bitch is a spoiled princess. And it's so well done. Very well done. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area where Diamond Mine wants a shot at Gallows in the tag titles. Tiffany Stratton Watson says she has beaten NXT Women's Champion Hartwell so many times already. Hartwell is the most beatable champion ever. Okay, first off, with Diamond Mine, they were just doing doing their promo, getting uh, uh, amped up. And we were just basically challenged Gallows to a uh, tag team champ. Tiffany, um, uh, uh, Ivy Nile um, said her bit right there. I'm very impressed with Ivy Nile. I like Ivy Nile. I think she needs, needs to work on get a little bit of, more of a push in the face. Way. But Tiffany's trying to came up there, bitch, and then complaining. And then, yeah. I was like, okay, Tiffany, you just won. I don't think you really need to say anything, but good for you. Let me go ahead. Well, obviously, um, the Creed brothers want a shot at the tag team titles. I would much rather prefer to see them with the belts rather than Gallus because I'm not a fan. Um, I don't like the fact that they won at Stand and Deliver. I thought it was stupid. Um, obviously, you know, Diamond Mine's got some interesting things going on because Tatum Paxley's no longer available. Um, apparently, her and Ivy are no longer a team. And from what I've been hearing on the internet, I don't know if this is true or not, but I did hear a rumor that Roderick Strong was released from WWE. So it looks like Roddy's not coming back to lead the Diamond Mine because he's been out of action since the attack from Damon Kemp. They have not brought Roddy back. We have no idea what the fuck's going on. But like I said, I saw it on a dirt sheet. I have not heard anything confirmed from WWE yet. So until I see it on the WWE website, I don't believe it. Um, when it happens, it happens. But if Roger Strong is still in, is still part of WWE and NXT, he should be. He should have been back with the Diamond Mine by now. There's no legit excuse to keep him off TV. But if he is no longer with the company, expect him to show up in AEW at some point, mostly because his wife is working there. So there's a chance he might show up in AEW. I would say he would go there to reform the Undisputed Elite, um, but obviously that's no longer a faction because uh, Kyle O'Reilly is still out of action and Bobby Fish no longer works for the company. So Bobby, like Bobby Fish is now in Impact Wrestling. So there's no telling what the fuck this is going to happen, what the, where the fuck they're going to go with this. But either way, Creed Brothers, tag titles, all for it. Um, Tiffany Stratton, Loving the promo and, you know, basically staking her claim to the NXT women's title. 
After that, we cut to uh, an in-ring segment with the returning Cora Jade. Jade runs down Zoe Stark, Roxanne Perez, Gigi Dolan, Tiffany Stratton, Indy Hartwell, and Lyra Valkyra. Jade said the title has her name on it. Valkyra interrupts and tells Jade she's jealous the women's locker room moved on without her. Valkyra says if Jade goes near the women's title, she'll rip her eyes out. Jade slaps Valkyra. Val kicks the crap out of Jade. Jade runs away. This right here, uh, everybody was a good was a good uh, heel promo from Cora Jade, was it not? It was, it was good. great. I thought I was enjoying it. It was good. He, she complimented them and then insulted them. So oh. I thought that was very clever. Val Kaler came out there uh, and said, "All right, you want to talk? Let's see what you get. What you got?" Then Cora Jade slapped her. She gets kicked. So most likely next week we're going to see Val Kaler going against Cora Jade. What do you think, Kenny? I enjoyed the hell out of it. I did too. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, Cora, you know, I, 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 do I think she's a great heel? Yes. Do I want to see her with the women's title? No, I don't. There may come a day where I'll be okay with Cora Jade being the NXT women's champion, but it's not now. And tomorrow's not looking good either. But I will say decent promo. Um, Valkyra, I thought did very, very well. I liked seeing some promo work from her since she's relatively new. Although... Here's what I want to say about promos in general. Don't say you're going to rip somebody's eyes out and then during an altercation, not go for the eyes. I don't like that. Like someone says like, like that's like if you go out to the ring and somebody says, I'm going to break every bone in your body and the person walks away with no broken bones. Well, then you look like a liar. That's why the best people say, I'm going to hurt you. That's a factual thing. You can back it up. But at no point in this altercation, even when she blocked a shot or had a hook of the arm or whatever, all Valkyria did was kick. She was better off saying, I'll kick your ass, and then kicked. Like, if you're going to cut a promo, because I'm assuming these are scripted. These women aren't writing their own shit. Fact. It's NXT. It's rare to see someone in NXT writing their own promos unless they really trust you on the mic. And neither one of these women are even close to earning that level of trust unless Shawn Michaels has gone back on the pills, which I don't think he has. But no, if you're going to have a segment where you're going to say, I'm going to rip your eyes out and there's a fight afterwards, I expect you to go for the eyes. Try to rake the eyes, then someone pushes you away or kicks or something, and then rolls out and runs for the hills. But that was stupid. Uh, the whole time I'm sitting there going, N- nothing happened to her eyes. This bitch, the bitch can still see. Valkyra, you need help with your follow through. Okay, I'm all for cutting a promo and firing up the crowd, but think before you talk. Don't say you're gonna do something and then not do it, or at least attempt to do it. So that took me out of the whole damn promo. Be smart. All right. Now we cut to the backstage area where we see Gabba Gulak and Charlie Dempsey who interrupt Wesley. Dempsey wants a title shot. Lee tells him to step up. That's basically what happened here. Yeah. Okay. We all know what's going to happen. That's all I have to say. I was like, okay, whatever. Charles going to be a wish the best of your luck because you know he's not going to win. He's going to be a spoiler. He's not going to drop the title out on, on 3TV. He needs to drop it at a pay-per-view. If they do, it's not going to make any fucking sense. Yes, and not only that, but the, the only interesting thing about this promo was they talked about what can Wesley do if he's on the ground and he has to grapple, which is the billion-dollar question that I don't think Wesley has a fucking answer for. Because I think you take away his high, you take away his ability to flip around the ring, and he ain't going to be as popular. Nope. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Von Wagner and Mr. Stone versus oh Ilya Dragunov. This match was sloppy. 
Okay. I mean, well, not thought at the beginning of it was because Mr. Stone was in the background, but all in all, do you call this a match? Uh, not really. Mm, not really, but it was just what there, like what we like to say, filler. It it was definitely filler, and it was not quite as exciting. No, it wasn't exciting. When we even saw it last week, like, okay, I was like, why? I'm like, I like Ron Wagner and I like Dragonoff. I do. Like, you know what I love about Dragonoff? His facial expressions. Am I right or am I wrong? He's got really good face impersonations. Oh, yeah. But he also sells really well. His face impersonations are fucking amazing. Weird, but amazing. We all knew this was going to Dragonoff was going to win, didn't he? You knew that coming, right? Yeah. He knew this was going to happen. And then after Dragonoff won, Mr. Soon, we're done. And you know what the odd thing is? Von Wagner didn't um, touch him, which was weird to me. Thought. So you didn't put your hands on him. Okay. Danny, what do you think about this? Honestly, I thought this was not that exciting of a match. Um, basically, this is a match where if Wagner loses, Mr. Stone is no longer his manager. So now it's safe to say Mr. Stone is no longer the manager of Von Wagner. So now... Here's the question going forward. Is Von Wagner suddenly going to adopt some mic skills? Because to my knowledge, I can't remember if he has any because I've rarely seen... I can't remember the last time I saw the motherfucker on TV where he spoke. So unless he's been killing it in promo class, I don't know why we're taking his manager away. Now here's the other question in regards to Mr. Stone. Is he going to manage someone else? Or is he going to get his ass back in the gym, start getting back in shape... And beef his ass back up, pull his ass back up to be in Robbie E. And we start seeing him kick some ass in a wrestling ring like most of us know Robbie E. can. So that's my question. Is Does this mean we're going to see a return of Robbie E. to the ring? Is Mr. Stone going to be managing someone else? What the fuck's going to happen here? Because really that's the big question because Dragonoff winning, this is just another win for Dragonoff. The only thing interesting here is that after this match... He gets confronted by Dijak and is basically wanting a match with him, which I guess, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. But as far as emotion and invest, emotional investment, there isn't any here. I'm more intrigued None. about what's going to happen with Wagner and Stone than Dragunov and Dijak getting in the ring. Because, yeah, it's going to be a great match, but there's nothing really to motivate me to watch this. There's no story. It's just going to be a match that'll go interesting. You're right. This was filler. And the fact that Wagner no longer has a manager didn't seem to be a cause for concern. And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. We got Joe Coffey with Gallus versus Tank Ledger. Uh, I'm lost for words here, but okay. I was like, another match that was Phyllis. But otherwise, that, that Tank Ledger guy, he was all right. And I don't know why he took a lot since his debut. The Eddie guy won. Why did he win? And Joe Coffey, he's a good wrestler. These two big-ass brutes went up town and tried to take Ledger. He got his moves in. He got his shit in, like what people like to say. And otherwise, and I was like, eh, okay. Not that great, but good debut. You know, he lost, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Well, here's the thing. It only doesn't make sense if you're planning on building Tank Ledger to be a legit star in your company. Now, apparently, he's got some size to him, and he said that he kind of models his style after Big E. Now, the question is, do you want him to have the type of success that Big E had, or is he just going to be a random job guy? We don't know. But 
Obviously, there are no plans to build him up anytime soon, because if there were, he would not have lost to Joe Coffey. But, obviously, since Joe has come back, they've, they're clearly planning stuff with Gallus. There's clearly a strategy here to do something with them, because they got the tag belts, I'm assuming. I think they're trying to build Joe Coffey up to be a North American champion, and Gallus will most likely have all three titles. Or at least all three, you know... Titles ex- excluding the NXT Championship, of course. But I feel like that's what they're building Joe Coffey for. He might be the guy to beat Wesley. So I'm assuming that's why they're giving him Tank Ledger because they're trying to build up Joe to make him a credible challenger to the North American Championship. Try to get some wins under his belt. And after the match, the Creeds and the Dyad hit the ring and a brawl breaks out. Yeah, okay. I enjoyed the brawl more than I enjoyed the match. Just saying. Well, apparently, the di- with, when it comes to the dyad, apparently they're still in NXT. Because I was hearing rumors that they got released, or they asked for their releases. So I didn't even know they were still in the company. So it's nice to know that the schism is still together, because if they got released, I don't know what would happen with um, Rain and Gacy. I would assume mm-hmm. they would either have to recruit two new people, or break the faction up and have Joe Gacy go single and then repackage The Rock's daughter. That's all, I don't know what else to do if you lose the dyad. Um, but either way, they're still here, and apparently they want the tag belts, which I have no objections to that. Then we cut to the backstage area where uh, Zoe Stark and Roxanne Perez get into it over Stark making light of Perez's anxiety issues. This is right yeah. around when Roxanne was talking to the family. Perez then... Perez then challenges Stark to a match next week, and then as Stark walks off, pretty deadly attacks Tony D'Angelo and Stacks from behind. They just got the revenge right there. I was I, I did not expect that to happen tonight. With uh, Roxanne Perez and uh, Zoe Stark, blah blah blah, smacky smacks. I really do not care because I don't I know what that's gonna go. But the highlight was was uh, fucking pretty deadly destroying Tony D's hat, Stacks jacket, everything. It was really 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 uh, interesting to see. Let me go ahead. I mean, yeah, Roxanne Perez, you know, anxiety is a real thing, you know, so she has real issues, whatever. But obviously, Zoe Stark is going to make light of it. That's what heels do. But obviously, in the context of a storyline, Roxanne should not have to take her bullshit. Um, obviously, they're going to build this into some kind of feud. But, you know, what's what's starting all this is that Indy Hartwell made it clear that she wanted to give Roxanne Perez first crack at the women's championship. Zoe's obviously taking offense to that because she wants it. So hopefully uh, this match next week could lead to who the number one contender will be and whether or not that match will take place at spring break-in or if they'll drag it out as a feud to Battleground. So that time will tell on where they're going to go with that. Uh, Personally, um, if we're going to do a number one contender, I hope it goes to Zoe Stark. And if Roxanne Perez does get the number one contender spot, she needs to lose, and then maybe she's one of the ones that goes to uh, the main roster in the draft. Because, again, there's... Uh, first of all, I'm not a fan of Roxanne Perez. I made that clear. I don't necessarily hate her. I just don't see her as a women's champion, and I don't think she was the one that should have beat Mandy Rose. And I believe the only reason she did was because they were on the verge of kicking Mandy out the fucking door. But either way, I'd rather see, if, if I was going to see either one of these two, I'd rather see Zoe Stark because Zoe is an incredible worker to the point where even the Wens had amazing things to say about her and he only saw her in the Royal Rumble because he don't watch NXT. 
So that's a sign right there that Zoe's got something. When you got the Wednesday attention, you're from NXT, that's something. So either way, we can look forward to that. And then, of course, Pretty Deadly attacking the family. Um, I felt it was a little too early to be doing that. We literally just saw the guy get thrown in the trunk and taken away earlier in the day. I'm now supposed to believe that this person who got thrown in a trunk and taken away is now back in the building and attacking Angelo and Stax. Even though, to my knowledge, unless, Zach, you saw something I didn't, was there a moment where the one member rescued the other member from being kidnapped by the family? No. That didn't happen at all on this show. No, no I didn't see it. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned as you are. It's like, okay, why are they doing it so soon? Yeah. What, what is the point in locking someone in a trunk and driving off if they're going to fucking show up later in the goddamn show? Or even if it's something that happened earlier in the week. Okay, what the fuck is he doing here now? Jesus Christ. I remember when they locked Rick Steiner in a cage. He was gone for at least a week. Hell, I remember when they were... Ki- when This is back when John was hosting the show. when they Before they formed Legato Del Fantasma. They were kidnapping motherfuckers and throwing them in the vans and taking off. You didn't see the some bitches for months. Months! Now all of a sudden, Pretty Deadly can get kidnapped and come back the same fucking day? In the same fucking show? That's dumb as fuck. One of the dumbest stories ever written. You can tell an Italian didn't write this fucking story. Of course we didn't write the fucking story. Because if we had wrote the fucking story, you know what would have fucking happened? You know what would have fucking happened? You wouldn't see this guy for weeks. Hell, if you play your cards right, you probably wouldn't see him again. He'd be at the bottom of the fucking river sleeping with the goddamn fishes. Or on the giant stadium. Yeah. Why the fuck would I put him in Giant Stadium? We're lo- we're in Orlando, genius. I'm not going to drive all the way to fucking New York to bury somebody under a fucking stadium. Plus, why would I bury him under the fucking stadium? The stadium's already fucking built. Or near, oh, he's buried near him. The, what? No, nothing. Fucking uh, Jesus Christ. You should not smoke weed before you come on a fucking podcast. Nobody can understand what the hell your burnout brain is saying. Okay. It's annoying you, so it's working. Oh, Jesus. Something you so tight. I'm sorry, Carmen, I got the best of you a little too early, but I thought it was hilarious. Of course, Carmen you was thought it was hilarious. Day, you motherfucker. Me getting oh, tossed around. Little, you, you little, you little $5 half of Walmart got tore up. Quit bitching. First, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Listen here, strawberry fruit cup. I don't fucking buy hats at goddamn Walmart for five dollars. That is a custom made fucking fedora. Oh, I'm sorry. I was meeting your two dollar hat from Goodwill. First of all, I don't fucking go to Goodwill, you cheap motherfucker. That's your fucking neck of the woods. Alright? No, not really. Okay. I don't shop with disgusting paws. Alright. Oh, no, I shop, I shop in the fancy stores because I'm a fancy guy, okay? The Don wouldn't be caught dead in a Goodwill. If I go to Goodwill, it's because I'm giving them fucking clothes, and the only time I do that is to please my fucking parole officer. All right, here's my fucking good deed for that day. Scratch it off the fucking list. Okay. Buy my stuff at Goodwill. My, do you, you believe the fucking cojones on this guy to look at that. Those were custom made fucking jackets too. Trust me when I tell you. Elton John's twin sons are gonna get their fucking asses kicked. (laughs) I'm gonna bitch slap them all the way down the yellow brick road. The fuck I'm gonna do. Mm, Good luck with that. I wish you the best of it. Well at least I appreciate that. Thanks for the vote of confidence. No problem. Remember, 
Karma's a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was fucking pretty deadly. Alright, anyway. Mm-hmm. Hey, anyway, yes, boy. I'm, I'm fucking done. Where's the nearest pizza joint? For Christ's sake. Fucking hungry over here. Uh, okay. Enjoy yourself. Make sure you get pineapple on the pizza. The fuck did he just say? <laughs> what the fuck did he just say? Look, Tony, I don't like it any more than you do. He's just trying to get a rise out of you. I don't give a fuck what he's saying. I'll rise him up in the fucking air. Over a, dangle him over a fucking building for trying to de- contaminate a great fucking Italian dish. All right, look, I've tried to get him to fucking stop. He ain't going to fucking stop, all right? Doesn't even matter. I'm cutting this out of the fucking show anyway. All right, on that, uh, fine, whatever the fuck, I'm going on. All right, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are moving on to the main event of the evening. This is the number one contenders match. The winner of this gets a shot at the NXT title at spring break-in, and that is, of course, we got Dragon Lee versus Duke Hudson versus Grayson Waller versus J.D. McDonough. Did you enjoy this? Immensely. Yeah, I did too. That was, uh, it, was, it was kind of a spot fest, but it was really good. Who impressed me the most was Duke Hudson, was he not? He finally went back to the old Duke Hudson. It was great. I mean, everybody was doing their, everybody got their shit in. Hell, even the Dragon Lee did a lot of good spots. He stayed off the top rope a lot. That's why I like him a lot. JD did his thing, which is, I'm not a fan of Fan Warworks. There's a lot to pay attention to. But otherwise than that, this was actually fantastic. I was like, and Grayson Waller snuck one in. And I didn't see how he, I guess he just threw the guy out of the ring and then one, two, three. Clever on Grayson Waller. Vinny? Yeah. All I got to say is, love this match. Um, Dragon Lee, yeah, he had his spots, but he was basically there. Um, Dragon Lee did maybe one or two things I found impressive. Other than that, I would have preferred not to see him. But Duke Hudson, for me, stole the fucking show. This is the best match Duke Hudson has had in NXT thus far. From his debut till now, this is the standout breakthrough match that he needed to establish himself as a star. I looked at this match. I'm seeing shades of Hulk Hogan, shades of Dusty Rhodes, shades of Kurt Angle as far as in-ring work and even with the psychology doing the whole you, which we all know is a Hogan thing. You know, the the you know the jabs and the, the flip-flop with the arms, like the Dusty Rhodes thing. I saw that. That was great. The German suplexes, shades of Kurt Angle. Like, Duke Hudson was amazing in this. Granted, he ate the pin, but he still did fucking great. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. After this, you want to you you want to do something with Duke Hudson. Obviously, he this is not his time, but that's a guy I see as a future NXT champion. Needs a little bit more grooming. Needs a little bit more work. But once this once this athletic machine is finally tuned, he'll be ready for a main event shot. JD McDonough did amazing in this match as well. He did, he had a lot of spots, but unlike Dragon Lee, his spots made sense. Everything JD did in that ring was believable, well-timed, and made sense. It fit within the context of, I'm trying to win, not lose. JD was, was perfect in this match. Yeah, yes, he lost. But the point is, he looked like he was trying to win and not just trying to do a spot. So, great on him. Grayson Waller. Always perfect. Never, never any flaws with Grayson Waller, and he got the win. No, not at all. And yeah, he, and he and he got the win. You know, and then obviously uh, he sell, he walks up the ramp, he celebrates. Out comes Carmelo Hayes. 
who holds up the NXT Championship, and they're arguing back and forth as the show fades to black. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I have mixed feelings right now. I'm torn. Because on the one hand, Grayson Waller is deserving of being an NXT Champion. We've mentioned this many times before. A little not happy this is happening on free TV. So my question is, is this going to lead to these two having some kind of fuckery and then a blow-off match at the pay-per-view? Or is there going to be a decisive win and then Braun Breaker is going to face Melo at the pay-per-view? How's it going to happen? But here's the thing. Honestly, this is what a part of me would like to see. This is going to sound weird, but I got an idea here. I would love to see Braun Breaker interfere and cost Carmelo the NXT title. This soon? I don't know about that. I'll tell you why. Have Grayson Waller win the match. Then Carmelo and Braun can have some type of gimmick match and go to Battlegrounds, and that way Carmelo and Braun can have a reason to fight because Braun's already said he doesn't want to fight for the NXT title. He doesn't want it. But Braun took out Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo needs to get his revenge. So I figure what better way to make that happen than have Carmelo lose the title and then he chases Grayson Waller to get it back. And then you can build to another premium live event and Carmelo can win the title back from Grayson Waller. And plus, this is not, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is not the first time they've pulled shit like this. Remember, Sami Zayn was the NXT champion and then two weeks later, KO took it from him. So it's not like this is something that hasn't happened before. And, like I said, because of the fact that Braun cost him the title, it doesn't hurt Carmelo Hayes because he got fucked over. Grayson Waller can run with the title because Grayson Waller is definitely ready to be NXT champion. We've already said that. He should have won at fucking Vengeance Day. We already said that too. And Carmelo, as a babyface, chasing the title can be a compelling story. And then, obviously, at some point, Carmelo can take the title back. But it gives Carmelo a reason to stay in NXT after losing the title because I didn't lose it honorably. I didn't lose it fair and square. So I I have a stake to that claim. But first, I need to settle the score with Braun Breaker. Because other than that, there's no reason for these two to fight if Carmelo's the NXT champion because Braun's already said, I don't want the title. So what are you going to do? Make it a non-title match? Why would you want to have a non-title match on your pay-per-view? That don't make any sense. So that's one way to do it. Or you just have Melo beat Grayson, Braun gets called up, and there's no ending to this story. And we just end it on a cliffhanger. And maybe we settle it at a stand and deliver next year or some shit. I don't know. What the fuck? I wouldn't know what else to do with this. Well, I'm going to see where this goes. Well, obviously we're going to see where this goes. But I'm just saying, I feel like right now that would be a good way to start the story. To get that way, you can build something up, give these two a reason to have a final blow off match. Unless you can somehow convince Braun Breaker that the NXT title is worth fighting for again. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, I have Clint with me by then. I hope not, because I'm sick of hearing about him. All right. Make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio.
Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Check out our episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment featuring myself, <laughs> The Wens, and Desmond as we gave our predictions for WrestleMania. Also, be on the lookout for the WrestleMania recap from the Male Soap Opera Moment coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Dark Side of the Ring is returning to Vice TV for a fourth season on May 30th. So that means in the future, there will be some Boochcast reviews, Dark Side of the Ring episodes coming to the YouTube channel. And, of course, we will be putting the finishing touches on Dark Side of the 90s. And, of course, getting Dark Side of Football and Comedy out to you guys very soon. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out the other content while you wait. But we are bringing that content to the channel very soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th. For WWE SummerSlam. That's right. Make sure you join us live on Twitch for the biggest party of the summer. And of course, we have a live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. You can also support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we have the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it to Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm, podcasters.spotify.com, slash pod, slash show, slash the Boochcast, slash support, is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles, and try to get him laid, which he keeps making it difficult for us to do so. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life, and take care. This has been the Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, pizza baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.